Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. Why? Because it's a safeguard to you. Watch out for those dogs. Watch out for evildoers, mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God, listen to it, by his spirit. It is we who boast in Christ Jesus. And we put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Sounds like Paul is bragging, doesn't it? In regard to the law, I'm a Pharisee. As for zeal, I'm not sure I would have bragged about that. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, Paul says, I'm faultless. But listen, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through what? Faith. Say it again. Faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of me. Interesting. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind. And straining towards what is ahead. I press on. Towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, listen to it. Who are what? Mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Verse 12, he says, obtained. Verse 15. 16, he says, attained. My text is verse 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, say these three words with me. I press on. Say it again. Come on. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for this time together thank you for our graduates and thank you for this word I give you praise that the answer to problems will arrive today I give you praise that the fortifying of faith will take place today I give you praise that people will leave here with absolutes 
and, and not ambiguity. I ask you to do what only you can do, and that is deal with the souls of these, your people. I'm asking you to do what only you can do, and that is revive the spirit of these, your people. I'm asking you to do what only you can do. Renew the minds of your people. Refresh them. Have your way. I break every generational curse and dismiss every generational spirit. Father, I thank you. Your name shall be glorified. And you said if you be lifted up, you would draw all men unto you. So lift up your hands in this sanctuary and begin to lift him up. Tell him how great he is. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how kind he is. Tell him how loving he is. Tell him how forgiving he is. Give him thanks for all of his characteristics toward you. Every expression of grace you've ever experienced, thank him for it. Thank him for keeping you and preserving you and protecting you and providing for you. Thank him. Thank him for giving you faith in him today. Your faith is his gift. You ought to thank him right now. You could have been dead, but you're here. You could be somewhere, but you are in the house of God. Lift your hands and begin to thank him. Thank him for filling you with the Holy Spirit. Thank him for giving you a comforter and a counselor, for giving you a guide. Father, we praise you. For giving you a teacher, for giving you truth. Father, we praise you. Have your way, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Sanctify another. Justify another. Father, have your way today. Do the work of your ministry. Set the oppressed free. Glory to God. Let the poor hear the gospel and change their mind. Let somebody come to repentance today. Father, do what only you can do. You have come to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. Do what only you can do. Do your mission and ministry among us today. Father, I bind every devil. I speak to every demon. I speak to every disease. Father, let deity reign supreme in this house today. God, have your way. Do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. Can y'all take about 10 sanctified seconds and give God praise with all of your heart? I will bless the Lord at all times. No matter what you're going through, give him praise. No matter what you feel, give him praise. No matter what your mind is telling you, give him praise. Father, we praise you. That was pretty good. Five more seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Bless your name, Jesus. High five somebody and tell them it's on in the building right now and then you may be seated. God is good. Hallelujah. God is good. You know, I'm very intrigued with watching River learn. It's intriguing to me that in 16 months, his, at 16 months of age, his mom can sing a song and he feels in the words for her. Hoorah, hoorah. Some of you saw the video. But he's so hungry to learn. And I just watch him and I observe him as he leans forward every day to learn something new. And he and I have this thing going now where we do our hands like this and then we freeze. And he loves it. So I was watching him during praise and worship today. And I lifted my hands in worship. But I think he thought I was saying freeze. So he just lifted his too. <laughs> it works by me. Someone once said you either learn by experience or you learn through a, a, a obedience. But you're going to learn. And that's very true. Philippians chapter 3 is all about learning. It's all about learning. And Paul is dealing with the issues of life. Life is made up of your past, your present, and your future. And many times your expectation for your future are shaped by the experiences of your past. I'll say it again many times. The expectations of your future are shaped by the experiences from your past. The link between what you have done and what you will do is where you currently are. Wow. This is called your present. 
It's your present. It's your present. It's your gift. When I was putting this message together, I had people in mind like Luke and Jayla and Josh and Henry and all of these graduates, Maverick, that stood on the stage today. And I had them just resting in the back of my mind as I put this message together. And I was thinking about that. The link between what you've done and what you will do is where you currently are, graduates. It's called your present. Therefore, if you allow yesterday to determine your tomorrow, you have neglected the great benefit of having today. The fact is that you are in the future of yesterday today. If you permit today to be like yesterday, then tomorrow will be like today. Psalm 118 says these words, this is the day the Lord has made. This is my present and God has made it and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because it's my link from where I was to where I'm going. Somebody shout, this is my day. In this third chapter to the Philippians, the apostle lays out a dialogue of determination. You can hear it. And I think many times we read the epistles of Paul and we forget where he wrote from. We kind of see him writing at a desk somewhere with a little candle on the side of the desk and he's in comfort and convenience. And many times we forget that this great apostle of God was sitting in a prison more like a dungeon not a cell. And he wrote these letters to these people from a heart of love and concern, like a pastor teaching his church. And I oftentimes think, what a man of optimism that you can't touch them, you can't even see them, but you can feel them. You can visualize them. He has a resolve that he will reach his destination. You will never resolve to reach something unless you have a reason to reach. The reason you reach is because of the reward. Graduation is a result of your reach. Jayla, Maverick, Luke, the rest of you, it's a result of your reach. It's a result of your effort. Your graduation, and I'll leave y'all alone after this, but I, I had to get this out to you. Your graduation is a key part, Tia, of your own personal timeline. It is a symbol of change. It is a sign of progression. Your graduation is a new season of moving into new adventures. And spiritually, the Lord began to show me this morning that even as we celebrated graduates in education today, that many of you are going to graduate. Even this day, you're going to feel spiritually like you're walking out with your cap and gown on. Because this is a day of promotion for you. This is a day of increase for you. This is a day of abundance for you. You are about to step into a great season of your life. I feel that. And I've preached on this text numerous times. Many times in 40 years. You can't be a preacher for 40 years and not preach on Philippians chapter chapter number 3 and especially verse number 14. But today... I see things that I've not noticed until this week. One of them is the idea of the prize. Say the word prize. Prize. That Paul presents. Verse 14 says, I press on to win the prize. 
The King James Version says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. And I realized something. If you want the prize, you must learn the importance of handling the mark. Everyone wants to talk about the prize. But not many people take time to minister the message of the mark. He said, I press toward the mark. The word is skopos, where you get the word scope. It comes from the Greek word skeptomai, which means to look forward while peering or watching around you. You're looking forward, but you're watching. I'm looking forward, but I'm watching what's going. I'm looking forward, but I'm watching. It's staying focused as it relates to a space or opportunity for unhampered activity or thought. You know when people get in trouble? When they let their mind wander. (laughs) See, the discipline of education is it makes you study. Talk in the building. But when you get through studying and you receive that diploma... We tend to relax and we tend to rest. The same is true in life. We go through life and we pass tests. Then we enter into unhampered activity in thought or in mind. And it's there that we lose focus of what God has called us to do. The Greek word skeptomai is interesting because it's the root word for skeptics. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, never allow skeptics to make you lose your scope. I can promise all of you in this building, you will always have skeptics. People will always find room to criticize you. The scope is the space of time. It represents a day or a moment in time. I heard the Lord say, do not miss your opportunities. Stay focused. The old saints used to say an idle mind is the devil's playground. Somebody said workshop. (laughs) If you want to understand the prize, you must understand the mark. And the mark is staying in the scope. When you stay in the scope, you lose vision of things that don't count. Stay in the scope. Stay in the scope and the voice of your skeptics will grow strangely dim in your ears. If your eyes are fixed, your ears will cooperate. The prize, the mark of the prize, the prize represents, many people believe it represents heaven. That the ultimate prize of the mark of the high calling is heaven. I'm going to say that heaven is part of the prize. But the word prize literally means in the Greek the award or the reward. It's a prize that is presented in public. Some of you are waiting till you get to heaven to get your reward. But scripture tells us in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God is, watch out now, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Whew. A rewarder is a remunerator. It's when something is given to you for the service you have rendered. (laughs) Jesus said there's going to be stuff you're going to receive not in the sweet by and by, but in the sweet now and now. And some of y'all are waiting too long to posture yourself to receive your prize that is presented to you in public 
right here on earth. And I just came here to tell somebody today, God is about to put such a blessing on you that even your enemies are going to have to take notice of what God has done in your life. Because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When? Now. Faith is now. I dare you to throw one hand up and shout, I'm going to get mine now. Psalm 58, 11 says, so that a man will say, verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Not there will be a reward. There is. Is is now. Is ain't in the future. Is is now. There is a reward for the righteous. You need to wake up every day with a heart beating with a palpitation of excitement that says anything can happen in my life today. Proverbs eleven eighteen says the wicked works a deceitful work, but to him that sows righteousness, there is a sure reward. I dare you to throw your hand up and shout, there's a reward on my name. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember those old posters that said, won't it? That's your face on there. And God said, I'm about to reward you, not those looking for you. But I'm about to reward you because you didn't lose faith in the fight. You didn't back down in the face of criticism, but you held your faith. And I'm going to reward you publicly. I'm going to give somebody 10 seconds to thank God that there's a reward coming your way. There's a reward coming your way. Shout it again. I'm going to give mine. So I consider this chapter very intelligently penned by the hand of an accurate apostle. Accurate apostle. And he tells this church there's a prize coming your way because of your faith in God. I used to love R.W. Shambuck. Any Shambach fans in the building today? You know, R.W., he didn't pass. He didn't pass little baskets for the offering. He passed KFC buckets. That's the truth. He had a deal with Kentucky Fried Chicken. And he used their buckets to receive his offering in. <laughs> but Shambach would always end his meetings by saying, do y'all know it? You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And then he would say, that's it, my friend. That's it, my friend. Rejoice and give God praise. Shambach would preach you right into the revealing of a reward. He would make you think you're going to walk out of that tent and somebody's fixing to bless you with something that's going to change your life. If you ain't never been in a Shambach meeting, go to YouTube and YouTube R.W. Shambach and get ready to shout. You don't have any problems. This entire chapter that is written by this apostle is filled with the concerning of the prize, but you can't overlook the idea of the paradox. Paradox is an interesting word, isn't it? The entire chapter is filled with this idea of paradox. It's emphasized most in verse 10 where he says, I want to know Christ. And he said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. But he said, but I want to participate in his suffering. I want to know his power, but I want to know his suffering as well. He was a man that understood paradox. Are you sure about that, Pastor Rick? Oh, yeah, he started this in chapter 2, same book. Philippians chapter 2, he tells the church there in Philippians, in verse 12, he says, work out your own salvation. Then in verse 13, he says, God works in you. In one minute, he said, work out your salvation. And then two sentences later, Joey, he said, God's working it for you. 
We are parenthetical beings having a paradoxical experience. Some of you that went right over your head and I would take time to explain it to you, but for the sake of time, I will not do that. (laughs) You go home and think about it. For those of you who think I do not know what I'm talking about when I say you are a parenthetical being having a paradoxical experience, I will explain it to you in short. You were born in a parenthesis. Time is the parenthesis of eternity. Time is what God dropped down out of heaven to accomplish his will in the earth. It's parenthetical. You are a paradoxical being, meaning you will have ups and downs in the parentheses. I'll show you. Psalm 63, verse 8. My soul followeth hard after thee, O God. Your right hand holds me. I'm following hard after you, God. Your right hand holds me. Why are you chasing something that's holding you? That's a paradox. Are y'all staying with me? Christ's yoke is easy. His burden is light. But we will all say sometimes life gets hard. God foreknows the future. But he gave you a free will. We are to bear one another's burdens. Yet every man... Is to bear his own burden. We are citizens of this world. We are members of an earthly society with ties and responsibilities. But we dwell in heaven. When I want to do good. Evil is right there with me. And the thing that I want to do, I do not do. And the thing I do not want to do is the thing I end up doing. One day I'm Jacob. One day I'm Israel. One day I'm Abram. One day I'm Abraham. I've learned this. The element of paradox will always be there to rearrange the symmetry of your logic. That came out of one of my books called The Wall. You should read it. The whole book is a paradox. So I'll say it again. The element of paradox will always be there to rearrange the symmetry of your logic. There's the prize. But in the prize, there's this paradox of good and bad, dark and light up and down it's called L-I-F-E life regardless of the paradox he chose three words to emphasize his determination I'll share them with you and we'll be done here's your three words say them with me I press on That'll make a religious person shout. Say it again. I press on. Uh, Just for the sake of emphasis, I know, you know, people, I've heard people say, why in that song do they keep repeating the same line over and over? He will do it for you. 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 He'll do it for you. He'll do it. And and you're sitting there thinking, okay. So when preachers tell you, I press on, say it with me, come on. I press on. It's for the sake of emphasis. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. And if you sing it long enough, you start feeling it. If you start feeling it, you start believing it. If you start believing it, you get convinced of it. So I came to tell you three words. I pray.
press on. Yeah. He says in verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already attained. But verse 12 says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived, but I press on. See, there's a thin line of difference between attaining something and obtaining something. The thin line of difference between attaining something and obtaining something. We attain things through effort. We obtain things oftentimes without effort, with no effort. When you attain something, you strive for it. When you obtain something, you possess it. You attain by what you achieve. You obtain by what you receive. I'll, I'll break it down for you using our graduates. See, graduates today, you have attained graduation. You obtain a diploma. Your diploma is the evidence of your graduation. Talk in here, Pastor Rick. Your diploma is the prize of your pursuit. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You don't attain mercy, you obtain mercy. You do not obtain mercy because of what you have attained. You obtain mercy because of what he attained. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, so that you don't have to. All you have to do is receive mercy. You don't achieve mercy. Come on here. You receive mercy. And you do it with confidence. Good God from glory. You obtain mercy. You don't attain mercy. You can't achieve mercy. As a matter of fact, the prophet said, all your righteousness is are like filthy rags in his sight. You can't do nothing to deserve it. You can't qualify for it. Elisha obtained a double portion by pursuing Elijah. He received a double portion because when he was told to stay behind, he kept pursuing. Man, I'm preaching so good, I want to slap myself behind my own head. If I had a retractable arm, I would just slap myself behind my own head. Elijah tells Elijah, stay here. But Elijah says, no. If you're going to Bethel, I'm going to Bethel. Well, then stay in Bethel. No, if you're going to Jordan, then I'm going to Jordan. Why? Because I'm looking for something you are carrying. I can't earn it, but I can receive it when you drop it off. Oh, Lord. Ruth did not obtain, she attained. She attained favor from Boaz by following Naomi. Whithersoever thou goest, I'm going to go. Because you got kinfolk somewhere. That's going to put a blessing on me. And I'm going to get in them fields. And I'm going to put forth effort. And one day that good looking Boaz is going to start saying drop seed. 
for this good-looking girl to pick up. Y'all in the building? I'm almost done. Hope I haven't lost you. But it doesn't really matter in regards to the press the difference between obtaining and attaining. The matter is pressing. Because if you keep pressing, sooner or later you're going to attain something. Or if you keep pressing, if you don't attain it, you might just obtain it. Which means you don't never know when it's going to show up, what day it's going to arrive in your life. All you do is put forth the effort. Talk back. All you do is you just keep serving. You just keep praying. You just keep studying. You just keep worshiping. You just keep praising. You just keep putting forth the effort and suddenly you obtain something that you didn't see coming. Throw a hand up and say, I'm about to receive it. The key is press. Keep pressing. You will never possess what you do not pursue. Verse 12 and 14 says, I press on. Say it one more time. I press on. Listen to me. Every day is transitional. You are pressing out of yesterday. And you are pressing into tomorrow. The word press he uses here in the Greek in Philippians chapter 3 means flee one and pursue another. Strain to get out and stretch to get in. Strain to get out and stretch to get in. See, you lose when you stop straining. You lose when you stop stretching. Something in your heart's got to say, there is more for me. Something in your spirit has to say, there is more in life for me than what I have experienced. Something in your heart has to say, if I keep on straining out and stretching in before long, something's going to break loose in my life that is going to change the landscape of everything that I can see. I just need to know if there's any pressers in the building. It has to do with forcing or pushing one's way. And we try to theologically excuse scriptures like Jesus saying, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We try to calm that down and say it's all going to be laid in your lap. Just sit there and be lackadaisical and act like you don't care. And God's just going to happily pass by and drop everything you want in your lap. It's more to it than that. If you want it, you got to go and... The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent... Take it by force. It means to force your way in, to push your way in. It's the woman with the issue of blood. God, give me strength to preach this word. It's the woman like the issue with the issue of blood. The Bible says she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And we stop reading there. But the verse goes on to say she pressed her away through the crowd if you really want it you gotta learn to press your way through the crowd of doubt press your way through the issue press your way through the problem because if you ever attain the garment you will receive everything that you need but you gotta praise when you don't feel like praising you gotta worship when you don't feel like worshiping you gotta drop down on your knees and pray when nobody else is praying this woman with the issue of blood did not have yesterday yesterday was rude to her 
Her only hope for tomorrow was today. She pressed her way through the crowd today. She didn't have yesterday. Yesterday's rude to her. She didn't have tomorrow. All she has is right now. And Jesus is in this area. And I'm going to find him and I'm going to get to him. May I submit to your sanctified saints today that Jesus is in the building. But if you want to get to it, you're going to have to press your way through some stuff. Therefore, the conclusion of the matter rests on this wise. The prize is the motivation for the press. The prize is the motivation for the press. Say it again, Pastor Rick. Woo! The prize is the motivation for the press. If I didn't think I was going to get something out of it, I would stop pushing. If I, if I didn't think I was going to get something out of it, I would stop praying. If I didn't think I was going to get something out of it, I wouldn't worship anymore. But I know on the other side of my worship, on the other side of my prayer, on the other side of my praise is something only God can do. It's something only Jesus can give me. I'm going to ask you to take 10 seconds and give God a press praise. Come on, a press praise. Give him a press praise. Come on, give him a press praise. Go ahead and stand up. I'm about done, but I want the Holy Ghost to get a hold of you. Because the Holy Ghost is what it gives you, give you power to press. See, it's hard to press when you ain't got no power. And there ain't no need to press if you ain't got no pressure. But when the pressure is coming against you and you got the power in you, then you can press against the pressure to receive the prize. There's stuff trying to push you out of your destiny. There's stuff trying to push you out of your reward. Shout with me. I'm going to push back today. You didn't say it like you really meant it. Come on. I'm going to push back today. Y'all remember me telling y'all about Bigfoot? You remember me telling you about Bigfoot? When I was in the fifth grade, he was in the sixth grade. He wore a size 14 shoe. And he was a bully. And every time Bigfoot would see me, he put both hands on my chest and push me and my shoulders would go forward. I'd go back. And he did everybody that way. Bigfoot wasn't nothing but the devil. My brother told me the next time Bigfoot pushes you. Push back. He said, and then Ricky. You know his brother's talking to you. When they say, Ricky. He said, Ricky, when you push back, hit him. I said, hit him. I don't even know if I can reach him. He said, hit him in the nose. As hard as you can. Now, all you sanctified Christian children and graduates, I'm not telling you to do that. But it worked. Third grade, recess, monkey bars. Here come Bigfoot. And it was like he was looking for me. I could see him, the devil, looking. Going about seeking whom he may devour. And he saw Ricky. And he came up and he pushed me. And I could hear Gene in my ears saying, push him back and hit him in the nose. Say it with me. Push him back. See, I didn't tell y'all to say that. He pushed me. And when he pushed me, I pushed him back. And he budged about like that. But when he got that overhand right to the nose, he went down holding his face. I heard Preacher Hill. What was his name? The old preacher from California. Evie Hill. Say, when the devil shows up to bully you, hit him. Hit him with the word. And hit him right in the mouth. 
And I heard him preaching a hundred times, hit him. And he had 53,000 men in the stadium screaming, hit him, hit him, hit him. Can I get y'all to just say, hit him, hit him, hit, hit him with what? Hit him with the word. Hit him with the word. Hit him with the word. Hit him with these three words. It is written. I am the head and not the tail. It is written. I am blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. It is written. I'm blessed when I come. It is written. I'm blessed when I go. It is written. Hit him with the word. Shout it with me, press on, press on. Say it three times, come on, press on, press on, press on. In the face of criticism, press on. In the face of chaos, press on. When doubt creeps in, press on. When the report is not good, press on. Whoever comes against you, press on. Whoever forsakes you, press on. However it turns out, However they treat you, press on. Whatever the devil does, press on. Whatever didn't happen that you wanted to happen, press on. Wherever you find yourself, press on. Wherever they go, press on. Press on when you don't feel like it. Press on when you're down. Press on when you are up in the valley. Press on on the mountain. Press on in your car. Press on in your living room. Press on in your field. Press on in your yard. Press on. Cut the grass and press on. Pull in the gas station. Pressing on. Face doubt. Face confusion. Pressing on. I need you to look at five people and high five them and tell them press on, press on. Press on. Come on, tell them press on. Tell them press on. Why? Because your kids are watching you. Why do you need to press on? Because your children are watching you. Don't let them see you sitting in a corner crying in depression. Stand up and tell your babies. Babies, we might not have everything we want, but we're going to press on. We might not have all the money in the world, but we're going to press on. Things may be going crazy, but we're going to press on. Why do you need to press on? Because people are watching you. Don't you even think about quitting. I bind a quitting spirit in this building. You ain't quitting on your wife. You ain't quitting on your husband. You ain't quitting on your family. You ain't quitting on your church. You're not quitting on your life. You're not quitting on your health. You are not going to quit. All you know to do is Tell your neighbor, all I know to do, John, is that's all I know. That's all I know. Come on, say it. That's all I know. Why? Because I don't have no quit in me. Josh, I'm not going to try to make you cry, but you're going to cry. Okay, y'all give me some of that worship music now. Yesterday. Was it yesterday? Friday. It's a sad day for Josh. Sad day for me. Y'all know we team rope. And we love it. Old Josh's first horse was a good one. Old dude. He didn't have him three months and we realized something ain't right about dude. Because every time we rope carry, he comes back limping. He's sore. It's not unusual if you really rope a lot of cattle for your horse to get a limp. So we started investigating because the swelling started coming right above his hoof. Then his hoof turned in. We realized dude's in trouble. Long story short, 
after several vet visits, the vet really just basically said, you need to put him down. You need to put him asleep because he's just in too much pain and we can't fix it. That was a hard decision for Josh. Watch Josh lead him out that trailer, hug him like he was a person. He was trying to be tough in front of me and Randy so we wouldn't see him cry. Fact is, we were all doing that. We was all crying, looking out the window, different directions. <laughs> and old dude, see here's the thing about dude. When you have a rope horse, you need one that has what cowboys call try. And the cowboy would tell you if he ain't got no try in him, he ain't no good. I'd rather have one that's high wire, hard wired, high strung, that's got try, that you gotta work with to get him in your hand, than one that you gotta always push to get him to try. I'd rather be training on one to get him to calm down than having to give one energy to make him do anything. And that's the way some believers are. You always gotta spur them. Come on, come on, come on, right? But then you got those that, boy, I'm telling you what, they'll be on that front row praising and giving God glory. Well, they might have some issues, but they got some try. And I'd rather have people around me with try that have issues than people with no try at all that you always have to push. They get very little done. You back that horse in that box. We did it right there at Lazy E. We knew he was hurting. We didn't know it was that bad. And I watched Josh rope five cattle off of him. The last one he roped, I healed behind him. And we almost won the roping that day. And that horse was crippled. And we didn't know it. You know why? Because he ran as hard as he could run. And Josh just roped and turned off. You know what you call that, Butch? Try. You know what he did? He pressed his way through the pain for Josh. Now don't you think if a horse will press his way through pain and suffering for his owner that we as believers ought to press our way through anything for our Father in Heaven. Don't you agree? We don't let doubt change our mind. We don't let inconvenience change our mind. We don't let pain change our mind. We don't let circumstance change our mind. We press. Lift your hands, please. I've asked them to sing this song one more time. That last song they sang because when they were singing it, it made me think. Y'all sing it with the stem, please. Do, do it just like we did it to begin with. Just hold up. Let's start over. Let's get it just like we want it. Lift your hands. God is about to minister to you. He's about to touch you. Hallelujah. And you're going to leave this building with a try. Somebody shout it again. Press on. Lift those hands real high all over the building.